Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. We've made it to the month of February, and today we're going to be recapping Duke basketball's victory last night over Wake Forest from inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Lockdown Blue Devils is a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also be sure to watch and subscribe to the show on YouTube each and every day. Lockdown Blue Devils, simply search that on YouTube. Press the subscribe button as we're continuing to climb towards 1,000 subscribers. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. On today's show, boy, oh boy, I'm so thrilled to now welcome in my very good pal, Kevin Connolly, the site expert from Ball Durham, here to talk all things Duke basketball with me. Kevin, appreciate the time and what a win it was for Duke last night. Yeah, we were just talking off air a little bit. It was, it felt dominant. It looked like they were in cruise control. And then all of a sudden you looked up at the scoreboard and Wake Forest had a chance to make it a three-point game with less than 90 seconds to go. It's great to talk about back-to-back wins now for the Blue Devils because since we last spoke, Duke, of course, played Georgia Tech in Atlanta. We didn't know about Derek Whitehead. Quite frankly, Kevin, we're talking in the aftermath of the Virginia Tech game the last time you and I we're on the podcast together, and we were not at all optimistic about the outlook on Whitehead. Things seem to be uh, brighter for his chances to return for Duke basketball, but it really didn't even matter on Saturday either as the Blue Devils doubled up Georgia Tech, and they were able to win that game 86-43 in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, that was a game Duke desperately needed. Um, it was a game that um, I put on a column on Saturday, that Saturday morning saying um, this has to be a must win. This has to be an easy must win. And, and it was. I mean, Georgia Tech's not uh, not a good team. Um, I think they're probably the second worst team in the ACC behind Louisville. Um, funny enough, those two teams play tonight in, in Kentucky, which is which is funny enough. But um, yeah, it, it was it was just dominant from Duke. I mean, every player on the floor made a positive impact. Um, there was no negative things you could take away about it. And it came with without Derek Whitehead, um, who, again, I think not just us, but everyone that was watching that game thought the worst. It looked like the worst. Um, every time when they showed him, um, you couldn't help but think Achilles. Right. But certainly Duke got Duke got a blessing, and um, it's not Achilles, and um, he could be back any game now. So, um, And then certainly, obviously, with this Wake Forest game, um, it, it felt dominant. In the end, it wasn't dominant on the scoreboard. But again, it was still a, a very nice victory for Duke. Yeah, the spread going into it, as we talked yesterday, eight and a half, which uh, was a little bit eye-opening for many looking at how Duke had played of late. And that was fair for the majority of the game to be about that margin for Duke and Wake Forest. Looking at last night's game in particular, again, it ends up being 75-73 in favor of the Duke Blue Devils. But they had a, quite a big lead for the majority of the second half, Kevin, until those final three, four, five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. It was like you were hoping that Duke would step on the gas, and, and they did that. And um, I, the one thing that obviously stands out to me when you see the stats there, I mean, we're seeing the, the potential of Duke making a deep run into March blossom before our eyes in the backcourt of Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor. Yes. I think if those two continue to play the way they've been playing, um, when Tyrese Proctor against Georgia Tech, I think he had only seven points, but 
eight assists and no turnovers. Tonight, you see um, on the thing right there, Proctor did have four turnovers, um, but they, they weren't that costly. A couple of them came, came on an offensive foul here or there. Referees uh, weren't weren't the best. Yeah. Weren't, weren't the best, in my opinion, um, last night. But if you're getting 38 points a night from Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor, um, you're going to be in good shape, plus a double-double from Kyle Filipowski, and you assume uh, Derek Whitehead's back in the fold as well. Uh, but Roach and Proctor, I think, are the keys to Duke making a deep run in March, and you finally see them playing well together on the court. Roach finished one shy of his career high. Best outing he's ever had as a Blue Devil. He scored 22 on a couple of different occasions. He had 21 last night in the win against Wake Forest. Uh, Tyrese Proctor finished with 17. If you are watching us on YouTube, we've posted the Duke box score in front of us, and there in the top left you can see just what we're talking about, that Wake Forest ended the basketball game on a 7-0 run over the last 20 seconds. So the last 20 seconds separated Duke from covering the spread in the game and then ultimately the two-point margin that decided the final score. Yeah, it was weird because, like, all right, the first half back and forth, Wake Forest comes out really hot. They cool off. Duke goes on a run to go into halftime. And then coming out of halftime, Duke just picking up right where they left off. They build their built their lead. I um, think they led by as many as 14 late in that second half. And, and then, like, Wake Forest, all right, all of a sudden they started to make some shots. Duke maybe taking their foot off the gas a little bit. And with, I think, like, 123 to go, um, Wake had a chance to make it a three-point game. And then uh, they missed the free throw. Shire called timeout. And Duke, they had a good closing closing punch. They went back up uh, close to 10 points in, in that final minute. And then, like you see, that, like you just said, in that, those last 20 seconds, it was like, all right, the game's over. And I guess technically it was because Wake Forest needed a 9 nothing run in what, 21 seconds, yeah. I guess. But, uh, but no, it, the scoreboard doesn't show it, but I think this was um, a real dominant effort from Duke tonight. What a win it was for Duke. Again, final score, 75-73. The Blue Devils now get set to take on North Carolina coming up on Saturday. That game will also be played from inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. We'll get set. We'll take our first break of today's program, but when we come back, we've got plenty more to discuss ahead of the pretty big matchup between Duke and UNC, and we do that in just a moment here on Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, our brand-new presenting betting sponsor for the Locked On Network. This is America's number one sports book. We're so excited about this. If you are brand-new, you'll want to hear about this. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spread to who will score a touchdown. That's pretty awesome. Again, you don't need to sweat this one out. It's your first bet. No matter what, you're going to get $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win for Super Bowl 57 between the Chiefs and the Eagles. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet. On Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. And Kevin, we're talking more about the Duke win last night over Wake Forest. 
We mentioned the performance from Proctor and Roach. Filipowski, another double-double, 16 points, 11 rebounds. And another game where we're getting Derek Lively more and more comfortable. He finishes with seven points, six rebounds, three assists, four blocks. He's doing a little bit of everything in his 21 minutes out there on the floor. Yeah, and, and it's certainly a welcome sight to see. We've been waiting for this now for a couple of months, and you're still a little bit concerned with the foul trouble. He did pick up four fouls in this victory, um, but again, limited to just 21 minutes, was a plus 10 on the floor in those uh, 21 minutes. And like you said in that last stat, four blocks, and his presence is being felt around the rim, altering shots, making people think about going inside against this Duke team. And finally, we're seeing the Derek Lively that was – uh, ranked number as the number one prospect coming into college basketball. Which we love. We want that to continue for Mr. Lively II because we need his interior presence. Also for Duke on the inside, Ryan Young, another good outing for the Blue Devils as well. In 19 minutes, finishes with nine points. Did finish minus three when you're looking at the plus-minus uh, stat there, but rebounding the basketball well is something that he's done every single time that he's been on the floor. And what a lot of people are talking about, the Filipowski and Ryan Young combination, passing the basketball amongst one another has been really impressive. Yeah, it has been. And I think they have a, a good two-man game set up because Filipowski does have that outside game or that ability to have an outside game. Derek Lively showed it in high school, didn't show it at all so far in college. But the last two games, he's taking three-pointers. I think he went one for two against Georgia Tech. He attempted another one here tonight. So it's not not like you want to see Derek Lively taking seven threes in a game like Tyrese Proctor did or four threes like Kaya Filipowski did. But you want him to show defenses and opponents that he has that arsenal in his game and they have to uh, respect that and defend that to give room for other players down low to work. Tonight was one of the best three-point shooting nights for another young freshman for Duke and Tyrese Proctor. We mentioned the four three-point makes that Roach had against Georgia Tech on Saturday. Uh, last night, Tyrese Proctor goes three of seven from three-point range. That is the shooting that we've been looking for from Proctor. Yeah, and that's what everyone kind of highlighted coming into Duke was his playmaking ability and his three-point shooting. And we saw flashes of his playmaking ability more often than we saw in his three-point shooting. But it feels like that three-pointer that tied the game against Virginia Tech might have turned a switch on for him or flipped the switch on for him because um, they didn't really need his three-point shooting against Georgia That's Tech. That's a good thought. Yeah, yeah I like and, that. And now he's going three for seven against Wake Forest. So maybe that three-pointer that tied the game against Wake Forest, albeit in a loss, and he – Missed a few seconds later the potential go-ahead three on a really broken play in rush scenario. But maybe that three-pointer that tied the game against Wake Forest um, got his confidence going. Which is what we need to see. We need to yeah. see confident three-point shooting because, uh, again, Duke made nine against Georgia Tech. They make six more last night three from Proctor. Roach goes two for three from three-point range. He had 17 of his 21 points in the first half. Duke had that seven-point lead at the break, and Jeremy Roach was a big reason why. Yeah, I mean, he was he was cooking everything up in that first half. Felt like he couldn't miss, was stuck on automatic, all the cliches <laughs> yeah. you could possibly use for Jeremy Roach. But that's what, you, that's what you've been hoping for. That's what you've been looking to see. He finally looked healthy. I know he went out in that second half, looked like he got hurt, but came back in it might have been like a finger. They might have just went to the bench and like made it like dislocated his finger and they popped it right back in or something like that. Um, but certainly it, it was good to see. And from your junior captain, um, you, you've been waiting for it ever since he got that toe injury. It's been there in flashes against Ohio State and against Iowa. And then it really, you really haven't seen it that much in ACC play. But 
Um, this was vintage Jeremy Roach. This was Jeremy Roach everybody expected to see uh, when he announced he was coming back to Duke last April. And we need to see this Jeremy Roach moving forward, especially ahead of the game coming up on Saturday. We're going to get to that UNC game in just a moment. Uh, talking about the bench production, though, just nine Blue Devils play in this one. Of course, Whitehead does not play at all, but it is not out of the possibility that we see Derek Whitehead suit up and get some run for the Blue Devils against UNC coming up on Saturday. Young is the only player to score for Duke off the bench. Jacob Grandison is the only other player that took a shot. Just five total shot attempts from the Blue Devils when you look at the four guys coming off the bench. And Jalen Blakes, Jacob Grandison, four minutes for Jaden Shute, and then Ryan Young, as we said, three of four from the floor to go along with nine points. Yeah, it, it seems like teams, the best teams are deep teams, and at least in this game, Duke didn't show that they were a very deep team. Um, the, the one concern I have outside of the, the scoring output from everyone aside from Ryan Young was um, Jacob Grandison only played 10 minutes, and he was a minus 12 on the floor. I'm, so, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of plus minuses um, just because sometimes they're skewed. Um, but in situations like this, in, in small sample sizes, seeing Derek Lively as a plus 10 in just 21 minutes and Jacob Grandison as a minus 12 in only 10 minutes. It tells are, you something. Yeah, yeah that, that, those like raise my antlers a little bit. And, and you're like, all right, something's up here. And maybe going back and watching the film and watching the game over again, you can find out what went wrong or what went right in those respective minutes. Going to need more, though, out of the bench against a team like North Carolina and moving forward, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, Derek Whitehead plays a factor in that because I have a feeling he's going to be coming off the bench, um, especially in that first or second game back, depending. You would imagine he might be on a minutes restriction or something like that. Uh, but he would certainly bring a lift off the bench or either one of the... And so we'll be able to see exactly what it looks like for Derek Whitehead when he returns possibly against North Carolina coming up a little bit later this week. Locked on Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. We will take a quick timeout, and when we come back, we'll wrap up today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We've just gotten through the new year, and we're ready to rock and roll here in 2023, and you've got to try Built. It's healthy that's actually tasty. We all want to find ways to eat healthier, but if it doesn't taste good, you're not going to be as motivated. That's why you got to try Built Bar, 100% real chocolate in these bars. Yeah, real chocolate. Amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and so much more. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. If you have a Sam's Club or Walmart near you, they now have Built Bar. We've always been promoting the orders taking place at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Built Bar is a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Final few moments here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. I ask you every week, but I really want people to check out balldurham.com. Why should they do that, Kevin? Well, they should do it because anything uh, Duke Athletics, we got it. Um, obviously, basketball season in full swing. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of content on the Carolina game coming up on Saturday. I'd imagine so. Football schedule just came out earlier this week. We'll have stuff on that. Uh, signing day is today, actually, so we'll get some stuff up on that. And obviously, um, NBA All-Star Game, NBA Rising Stars Challenge. Uh, we, we got it all. So 
Um, and even Duke's got a got a guy in the Super Bowl in uh, Noah Gray, former yeah. title of the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, really any aspect you, you're looking at, we got it over at balldurham.com. Give us a follow, ball underscore Durham on Twitter, and then you can fo- find us uh, www.balldurham.com. Yeah, we talk about three McDonald's All-Americans now for Duke basketball with 2023. Duke also with three NBA All-Star starters coming up in mid-February when you talk about Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, and Zion Williamson, what they've been able to do at the next level, and you've got a lot of that coverage there at Ball Durham. All right, so Duke and North Carolina. The Tar Heels play a little bit later tonight from inside the Dean Dome, and then on Saturday they will make the short trip over to Durham, to Cameron Indoor Stadium, where uh, we want to forget the last time they were in the house with all the former Duke players there for Coach K's send-off, and uh, the Tar Heels spoiled that one. What jumps out to you when you look at this matchup, Kevin? Well, first of all, I think you got to start with the guard play. Um, R.J. Davis got an elbow yep. at the end of North Carolina's game against Syracuse. They have not played since then. It seems like he is going to play tonight against Pittsburgh. So if he plays then against Pittsburgh, obviously you would assume he's going to play on Saturday against Duke. But Caleb Love and R.J. Davis against Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor. I think that's where a lot of the game is going to be decided. Um, obviously, you have to go down low and um, a National Player of the Year candidate and Armando Baycott, who's given Duke fits. And I think he's going to continue to give Duke fits in this game because can Ryan Young really stay with him defensively? I have my doubts. Can Derek Lively really defend him without fouling? I have my doubts. And then who do you turn to? Kyle Filipowski. And I think that would take a lot of take a lot out of him in this game. So um, it, it goes without saying. It's kind of obvious. But um, Duke has to find a way to slow down Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, and Armando Baycott. Yes, they do. They've got to find a way to make that happen. I think they will, but that's going to be the big challenge is having these guys step up because you talk about these matchups and the epic rivalry that it is. It is the grandest rivalry in the sport. However, when you compare these two teams, North Carolina has by far and away the massive uh, edge and advantage and experience when it comes to playing in this moment. The freshmen for Duke, they're going to be talking the next few days about getting to watch this game growing up and how much it means to now be a part of the rivalry. It's got to be totally different, though, when the lights turn on and the ball goes up in the air. Absolutely, and I I think that's maybe the benefit for Duke that this first game of this season is at home. Amen. Um, And and you're going to have to rely a lot on Jeremy Roach because Jeremy Roach was in all those games last year um, in Carolina and the game in Cameron in the final four games. So he's been on that bright stage as well, and he's going to have to show up big. The one thing – I'll say I think maybe could be in Duke's favor, although I, I, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it a little more, it might not be, is uh, Leaky Black's one of the best defenders in, in college basketball. It's going to be interesting to see who he, Carolina puts on or he who has, who Carolina – Who's guarding, who, yeah. Who he's guarding. Thank you for – is <laughs> because in my head, how I'm thinking about it right now, it feels like he would guard Mark Mitchell. But as I've said many times this year on your podcast, Duke doesn't really feature – Mark Mitchell, and you know he's not going to be on Tyrese Proctor or Jeremy Roach. So would he guard Kyle Filipowski, and Filipowski normally makes his hay down low, which I feel like would potentially negate Leaky Black as a defender who is an outstanding defender overall, but mostly a perimeter defender. So it's going to be interesting to see what Hubert Davis does defensively with Leaky Black and who he has guarding. Yeah, and we talked about the Duke bench. North Carolina does not play much of a bench at all in this matchup. And then yesterday on the program, me and Josh Cox were talking a little bit about uh, that leaky black dynamic with this game in particular. I would imagine uh, that Filipowski could be a matchup 
there for Leaky. And I think the sentiment is you feel a little bit better from Leaky Black's perspective if you can keep Filipowski out on the perimeter, right, utilizing your quickness and speed and length. Duke feels a little bit better. Flip probably feels a little bit better if he can get Leaky Black closer to the basket if that is, in fact, the matchup we see frequently. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think you have to look at if Derek Whitehead plays and Mark Mitchell as scoring options, because obviously no one on Carolina is a better defender than Leaky Black. He's arguably yeah. the best defender in the country. So if you could get a Mark Mitchell or Derek Whitehead in limited minutes going, and let's be honest, I mean, RJ Davis and Caleb Love are very good players, but they're not known for their defense. So you would think Tyrese Proctor and Jeremy Roach could get going offensively. I think the real question is going to be Armando Baycott down low. Yeah, and who he covers and, and those matchups, how Pete Nance factors into this. Yep. Here's the other good thing. Leaky Black can only guard one guy, Kevin. You yes. know, so so and and there is one basketball. Swing, swing, find the open man, uh, and, and we'll see if Duke can attack it that way. Caleb Love has been the Duke killer throughout his Duke career. Uh, of course, from St. Louis, played at a high school where Jason Tatum's father is his coach. And uh, in the junior class, Duke goes with Jeremy Roach rather than Caleb Love. And that has been a debate all week long here on this program. But boy, oh boy, so many storylines ahead of uh, the newest installment. And here's another one. It's John Shire's first edition taking place in the rivalry as a head coach. Yeah, we, we saw it last year with Hubert Davis. And uh, I mean, Duke blew them out of the water in the Deem Dome, and then obviously Huber got the last laugh in Cameron and in the Final Four. So see how John Shire handles it. Certainly going to be a early test for him against Carolina and a lot riding on this game, um, the way he's perceived in uh, around the Duke fan base. No, no doubt about that. One more time, Kevin, remind us where we can find your work, my friend. So on Twitter, you can follow us at Ball underscore Durham, and then online, anything Duke Athletics, we got it, uh, BallDurham.com. And you're on Twitter at Kevin Connolly 24 Looking forward to chatting with you again next week, Kevin, okay? Absolutely. Two games now between them. Yes, I can't wait. That's our pal Kevin Connolly. He's joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils. And that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much, as always, for your constant support here of the program. Another fun show coming your way tomorrow as our good pal Jason Jordan will stop back by. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.